When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah. It's a scoop Thursday. Yeah. It's a reckless speculation Thursday here. With our friend Darren Doogie Wilson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. He's got inside information and some fun speculation about our favorite Minnesota sports teams. Doogie, happy bye week to you. Happy bye week to you, Phil. Hello, Judd. Hello, Declan. Let's leave November with a bang. Reckless Speculation Thursday, the best day of the week. One month left in 2023 to recklessly speculate our asses off. Yeah, well, we'll do it again it in 2024. In. I promise oh, you. Oh, no, I know, but let's go out with an entire December of nothing but reckless speculation. Oh, I'm on board. Okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, this will be, uh, there's, let's start Vikings here because it's, it's always reckless speculation. Self scouting week is always a, a good place to start here. Um, what do you make of their current quarterback situation? Like, not long term. I mean, for the, for the Raiders game. You know, they've, Josh Dobbs had one of the worst quarterback games we've seen in recent Vikings history. You know, Kevin O'Connell making some comments about how, yeah, we just got to figure out how to get the ball to Justin Jefferson. And Nick Mullins is rumored to be back in the mix here. So I don't know. What are you sort of feeling and sensing after the uh, Monday night debacle at quarterback for the Vikings? Well, I mean, they'll continue to have some dialogue in Egan today. Many guys will escape for a few days with a bye weekend, but certainly today that dialogue will continue. The question that they are asking themselves more than any other one, Phil, is among Jaron Hall, Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, among those three, which of the three 
gives Justin Jefferson, who will be back December 10th against the Raiders, which of those three gives Justin the best chance to succeed? The Wilfs still very much have their eyes on the playoffs. Now, I know there are different metrics, right? There are all sorts of different playoff formulas, but most, correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, most still have the Vikings at like a, what, 58 to 62% chance Mm -hmm. to make the playoffs. I'm in that boat. Like, I think it's even higher than that. Maybe because I just don't believe in the Rams, not even really believing in the Packers so much. Plus, I acknowledge the Seahawks have a really, really tough schedule the rest of the way, including tonight against the Cowboys. And, hey, somebody has to be the sixth seed. Somebody has to be the seventh seed. The Wilfs are still all about making the playoffs. That's why I will be surprised. I don't have the definitive answer right now, but I will be surprised if the answer December 10th is Jaron Hall. So then it's Dobbs or Mullins. Let's not forget that Mullins would have been the guy November 5th in Atlanta if he doesn't suffer that back injury in practice in October. Yes, they make a move for someone. Maybe it still would have been Dobbs. Maybe somebody else. But, like, Mullins was the number two for a reason. I just wonder if, of those three quarterbacks, Nick is the guy that allows Justin to have the most success. But I think it's down to those two. That's just my sense. Dobbs v. Mullins, that it won't be Jaron Hall. And from what O'Connell has said, I I think he's sort of telegraphed that because there's going to be a trust. And, you know, Mullins' turnovers throughout his career, I I will say this, aren't great. Like, he has a propensity at times to also uh, throw some picks and has had fumbles at times. But that being said, I really think, and and we've talked about this a couple times on uh, Purple Daily this week, I think what Kevin O'Connell saw the last two games, which is six turnovers uh, from Dobbs, has scared him off. And I don't blame him. Uh, but I'm with you totally in that I think O'Connell and the Wilfs are very much on board of this team has a chance to to make really a remarkable comeback from a one and four start. And the reason why I think the Packers probably don't scare them yet, at least, is this. You've got a chance to sweep the season series there with the game here, which is, I think, the penultimate game of the season. And if you do that, the Packers are, are basically cooked. So, yeah, I think everything Nick... Nick Mullins of all your choices is probably the least sexiest. Like, I don't think the fans are going to be like, Nick Mullins is starting. This is awesome. But I think from their standpoint of where things are right now, Dukes, your logic makes perfect sense. And for Kevin O'Connell to have come out twice now and basically say, yeah, we're going to look at things. And this is a player-friendly coach. This is a guy who, if he had any, any thoughts of it's still Dobbs, he's saying Josh Dobbs is my guy. I think everything, when you put the pieces of this puzzle together, spell out, Mullins is at least going to get an opportunity here to start the last five games. We'll see how things go against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I understand heat of the moment late Monday. Okay, just saying, hey, all things Mm -hmm. are on the table. But then Kevin O'Connell doubled down on Tuesday afternoon when he had the opportunity to sleep on things, gather his thoughts more so. Tuesday afternoon, he could have said, hey, like Monday night, that was my fault. That was a Kirk Cousins game plan, right? Because I can defend Dobbs in some regards. Like that game plan on Monday was goofy. I still think Kevin O'Connell is a really, really good coach. The Vikings are fortunate to have Kevin O'Connell. But Monday was just weird. But he didn't do that. And because he didn't do that, yeah, Judd, I think 
I think, yeah, Nick wouldn't shock me whatsoever if he is the guy on December 10th, then moving forward. Although, is it fluid if Mullins does throw some of those tricky interceptions or those questionable decision-making interceptions against the Raiders? Do we then see a different quarterback on either December 16th or 17th? By the way, Declan, an update on that situation. We'll find out early next week. But if you look at the five games, so two will be, what, Sunday the 17th, Mm -hmm. three will be on Saturday the 16th. If you look at those five games, I just think Vikings-Bengals, even though Burrow is out, that that game has enough playoff implications that that game's going to end up on Saturday the 16th. The question is in which time slot. Hopefully not at night, right, Hubbard? Holiday party, right? So we don't want that to be disrupted. But I think Vikings-Bengals will ultimately end up on Saturday the 16th, not the 17th, but we will find out early next week. Are you, uh, you are, are the Wolfsons, are the Wolfsons going to, gonna you know, Cut a rug and stay overnight, or what's what's the game plan there for the company party? We're still trying to figure that out, Phil. Uh, yeah, let's. We need the Vikings schedule. Let's converse to, on that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the exact game plan is yet. We'll be there. <laughs> Trust me. We can escape those two rebels at home. Right, they're old enough to stay home alone now. Twelve and nine. So yeah, if we can leave those two rebels home alone, no basketball tournaments that weekend. Yeah, trust yeah. me. The wife and I will be there in Bloomington on Saturday the sixteenth. If I need to DVR the game or follow the game on my phone. I'll do so. A little bit different for you guys with immediate post-game reaction. But for my sake, I can watch the game late at night or the next morning and worry about TV work, Sunday sports wrap on Sunday. Yeah. So, okay, I have a Kirk Cousins question here. He's been um, largely laying low. He's, you know, obviously had the surgery. He's made some appearances at team events and, and well, charity stuff. Wasn't at the game stuff, on right? Monday, though. I mean, he was That's on an airplane question. on Monday afternoon. Yeah. What is his, and, and I asked this out of curiosity. I'm not, like, I don't have an agenda here. It was interesting to see Aaron Rodgers tried as hard as he could when he went down. Like, he couldn't, I think the first week he had to sort of lay low. But then it was like two weeks after the surgery, he's there, he's up, he's in, you know, in every game he's got the headset on and he's playing catch on the sidelines. To, to this point, Kirk has, I believe, just kind of stayed away from the fray, right? What is the update on Kirk? I'm assuming he's still in regular contact with coaches, teammates, right? I mean, what what have he you is, sort of been yeah. hearing? Okay. I mean, he's been at TCO. He sat in on some quarterback meetings. Yeah, maybe he wasn't at the game on Monday or like, you know, in Denver the week before. But you'll see him throughout the month of December. My understanding is, you know, medical reasons, right? Some sort of follow-up. You know, it's not like he just randomly escaped on Monday. Like, if he could have been at U.S. Bank Stadium on Monday night, I presume he would have been there. So there was a reason why he left town on Monday afternoon. Duke, have you heard uh, Scott about with how things have gone here and obviously Kirk being out for the uh, rest of the season? Has there been anything that you have unearthed about any just preliminary talks between Brzezinski, Kwesi, and Kirk's agent just as because Kirk had said um, in the spring we're going to talk in March but you know that's when Kirk thought I don't want probably the distraction of contract talks while I'm trying to play well certainly that's changed has there been any indication that anything preliminary has gotten off the ground because of how things have changed well I mean I wonder if you're asking that inquiry because you might have some inside knowledge I have not heard that I've not heard of any dialogue whatsoever with Mike McCartney who is the agent who also represents Josh Dobbs, who represents a number of players. In fact, his agency represents Terrell Smith, the former gopher, the Bears cornerback who played a big role on Monday night. 
So, I mean, he's busy with so many other clients, so much going on this time of the year that my understanding is talks have not gotten off the ground to this point. I saw just on a different note, there was a feature written, I think it was Star Tribune about, yeah, it was Star Tribune, it was Ben Gessling about Lewis scene and how, you know, kind of where he's at. He's been, he's been an inactive more than any other status on Sundays while Josh Metellus plays that hybrid safety linebacker role. And Cam Bynum is one of the highest graded safeties PFF. Harrison Smith might be a hall of famer. Um, and Lewis scene was a first round pick. He's just really doing nothing for this year's team in his second year. What are you hearing about him? It's just, I don't think his career is over necessarily, but uh, you're watching, you're watching the, uh, the Notre Dame kid, Kyle, uh, what's his name from a Kyle Hamilton at Baltimore. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL Vikings pass he on him. Really, really good. They get the yeah. extra draft capital, but yeah, I mean, what are you sort of hearing on Lewis scene this season? Yeah. And I'll get the scene in a second, but, you know, I mean, you swing and miss oftentimes draft-wise. Like 2020 draft, they go the late Jeff Gladney instead of Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson goes like 15 to 20 picks later to Chicago. We saw on Monday night a reminder of how good Jalen Johnson is. In that moment in 2020, let's remember that Jalen Johnson, two and a half years younger, nearly 900 days younger yeah. than Jeff Gladney. So if it was close and it was on their board... Wouldn't you just defer to the guy that's two and a half years younger? But Rick Spielman and company went Gladney instead of Johnson. So, yeah, let's go back to last year's draft. They go, you know, with the decision to move down. They could have gone just Kyle Hamilton there. They just, for whatever reason, their pre-draft analysis of Kyle Hamilton was that of, yeah, he's okay, but we don't love the guy. We just don't. That was a misdiagnosis, but they missed on Kyle Hamilton. On Lewis scene, I mean... It's not health-related. I mean, sure. Like, is he the same player today that he was at Georgia his last year? Okay, I get it. Like, that injury in London was significant. But at this point, you know, 14 months later, nearly 15 months later from the surgery, like, he's fully cleared. Like, he could play. This is performance-based. Yeah. Heck, Theo Jackson. How many snaps did Theo Jackson get on Monday? So that's another safety that's in front of. Lewis scene. It's also Andrew Booth Jr. Like for a stretch there, Andrew Booth Jr. was getting some snaps in late October. He was on the field, maybe one, maybe two on Monday, but like Andrew Booth Jr. at the cornerback position, the second round pick from last year, right? Crickets, nothing, but on scene, it's all performance-based. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's some sort of death sentence that, you know, he's going to be out of the league starting next year. He'll still be in the league for a while, Right. I mean, heck, things could change here. You know, maybe it's not the, hey, he needs a change of scenery. Things could change here in 2024. But at this point, if he's on the field the rest of this year, you know, my sense is it'll be just purely for special teams that he's not going to trump any of those guys that are playing right now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here's where I think there's a problem, though, with Scene and Dukes, to your point, Booth, who had some playing time and it's been taken back, is this. First of all, 
on Monday night, the Vikings dressed three cornerbacks. Three. So we're all like, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to use three? And what happens if one go- goes down? Well, it turns out they weren't. They were not going to use three. They were going to use two, and, and that the extra defensive backs would be safeties, including Theo Jackson. Now, here's where I think that there's concern. This is now two coordinators, one who was a colossal flop and one who's done an unbelievable job passing judgment on two guys now who are second-year guys, which in this league is not like young. It's not like for, for a defensive player, you can play very quickly. So that's where I think that there's a problem here is that if this was, we could always go back a year ago to, does Ed Donatel really know what Ed is doing? And it was a good question. And I think ultimately the answer has been probably not really. But when Brian Flores, to Doogie's point, is going four or five safeties deep and he won't play scene, like it's one thing to say, well, scene couldn't get the Metellus role. Okay, Metellus really good, probably a much smarter player. But the Jackson role, and, and I talked about him in training camp, he did look good. But if, when you can't get that role, don't give me, well, he's still hurting. And I mean, he still might be. I've, I've heard that there's still this whole, well, he is the long-term Harrison Smith replacement. Who are we kidding here? You can't get on the field. So I do think that there is a real chance that both of those picks are just not going to work out. Who has said that? I've not. Well, I mean, maybe the in early, the moment of the draft pick. No, that I was mean, early this season. The London injury? Earlier this season, yes, somebody fans, suggested that? fans said, well, he's hurt, Ooh, he's still well, hurt, and he's going to yeah, be, and no. you don't understand, they're those holding dark, him back. Those dark corners of Vikings internets, yes. Yep, <laughs> they're holding him back. You don't understand what they're doing here. And I'm like, yeah, I do. They're not playing him. And he doesn't, and, and look, Brian Flores is real good. I trust him. Oh, I would trust Brian Flores. Yeah, absolutely. If he says you so, can't play, you can't play. Yeah, it's an indictment on those guys. Yeah, when Flores says, yeah, you're not worthy of, of a bunch of snaps. Now the question is, does Brian Flores get a job in January? And yet some other defensive mind comes in, or somebody maybe more so on the staff gets elevated. So if that's the case, right, we're still probably looking at a comparable situation into 2024. Like it would take, Mm. you know, an injury or two for Lewis to get elevated. So, I mean, I'm not going to write the final chapter on his career to suggest big time bust, right? But, yeah, I mean, there's such a long way to go. Remember in that moment, by the way, like the Vikings liked Lewis Seen, but they liked some other guys. But there was this fear that Tampa right behind them was going to go Lewis Seen. And so I don't know if Quasey in his first draft panicked a little bit. Hey, I kind of like this guy. And, hey, we can't wait even a few more picks because didn't they have picks like 31, then 35 or 36, something like that? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Seen and Booth, we're only yep. a few picks yep. apart, right? But mm-hmm. Tampa was right behind them when they selected Scene, And so I remember in that moment, there was a fear, whether truthful or not, but the Vikings felt a fear that, hey, we don't want to lose Lewis Scene to Tampa. Let's strike right now. Hey, here's a just kind of a – I think it was Tuesday this week that we went through. Maybe it was last week. Just sort of the all right, if, if Brian Flores. If this job opened up, and we all kind of agreed, hey, he'll probably just take if 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 he gets offered a head coaching job, he'd be stupid not to take it, probably. But which mm-hmm. job? Just as a football fan, let's say Brian Flores is destined to get a head coaching job, and we all here just have to just admire the job he did for a year and say, boy, it'd be nice to keep him around. But go and fly and become a head coach, Brian Flores. Where would you guys like to see him land? L.A. Chargers. I get it. 
you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, but that defense is so broken. He fixes the Chargers defense. You Herbert's have a quarterback. Probably, he's yeah, established enough. Yeah. yeah, you have a quarterback you can believe in for the next decade, that you can win with Justin Herbert, that you need to really fix that defense. So I would say the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I'd say Patriots, especially if they move on from Belichick. Goes back to New England, fixes things up a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, They're they draft Drake May or some other quarterback high. Yeah. And he could also be someone that just kind of gets a yeah journeyman or just a, a bridge guy to, to smooth things over as he fixes the defense, makes them competitive again. I would actually really like to see him in New England. How about the Falcons? Replace that absolute boob, Arthur Smith. That boob. Who, <laughs> boob with a, a mustache. He's an idiot. Uh, re- replace him. He He's an offensive guy, so they might be inclined to, to, to actually embrace the switch from an offensive guy who, who's been a complete bust to a defensive guy. The Falcons got some talent. Like, the Falcons aren't a dumpster fire. I don't think that their coach is good, and their QB situation right now is not good. But I would, I think he could have some success there. And I do think that we should look at opportunities that teams, just because this league, as Dukes knows, works in this way every time. Teams always go for the other, for the thing that they didn't have. Yeah. So, like, I actually think that the Chargers will probably go with a Kellen Moore type, an agree. offensive guy. Yeah, Jim and, yeah. and the Patriots are sort of weird, but my guess is that they will probably go offense again, um, look, largely because Belichick has screwed the pooch so badly with, you know, his OCs in the last couple of years. So Falcons. I, I'll place. give you one that if you're a Vikings fan, you would probably hate to see this, but I think he could do a great job with the Bears. I think I, I, I agree with you. I would choose Chargers because, all right, go fix a really talented defense. You've got a quarterback that doesn't need as much molding because he's already just been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a few years. Mm-hmm. The Bears have just, like, they've taken these swings on Eberflus and Nagy, Mark Tressman, like, nine years ago. These kind of uninspiring play chart over the face sort of weirdos Brian Flores coming in there and firing everyone up the Bears love themselves a good defensive coach because they're always trying to rekindle the magic from 85 (laughs) I think it'd be a great fit for him to go in there get the Bears back to playing great defense and uh and then the Vikings would have to sort of deal with that twice a year now going forward so bad for Vikings fans but I think Flores would be great in Chicago if if I uh, think yeah I think he'd be great just about Anywhere, learning from, you know, what took place in Miami, becoming a better coach with his time in Pittsburgh here. Hey, what about Pittsburgh, right? At some point, does Mike Tomlin retire? How long does Mike want to do this? He's still young. But I suppose he's it's Mike's young. call. He's he's young. I know he is. is. He 50? Yeah. He, he's, I don't think he is. I think he's late 40s. Let's see here. He is. He is 51. Very, he's 51 okay. and he looks like he's 24. <laughs> like he's, I mean, 51. Well, he's got the energy of a 24-year-old. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, probably unlikely. It looks like there is a logical path for Pittsburgh to make the playoffs this year, even though I'm confused how. But you look at the AFC landscape, they can make it. That would be another very successful year for the Steelers, considering that roster still needs all sorts of work. But I just wonder about Flores, his year there last year, you know, building relationships. Heck, you know that ownership group isn't firing coaches, right? So you'd have long-term security. I just wonder how long Mike wants to do it. You know, it's it's interesting because he's certainly not getting fired and they're going to they're no. going to wind up making the playoffs. But, you know, when when Bill Cowher stepped down, he was right around the same age Mike Tomlin is now. In fact, Bill Cowher might have been younger cuz I'm just looking this up. Bill Cowher is 66 years old now. 
Tomlin took that job in 2007. So Cower was 50 years old when he left that Steelers job. And it was like he was going to take a couple years off maybe and then go on and get another job, and he never did. I want, I do wonder at some point, if you're right, if Tomlin says, all right, this has been a 17-year grind for me. I got a championship. I'm going to go into TV for a couple of years and see what happens. Or does he just keep – dude, the Steelers, the Panthers owner, this David Tepper guy, right? I, I'm, I'm patient, I promise you. He's fired three head coaches mid-season since 2019. Three mid-season since 2019. Daniel Snyder, man. The Steelers have had three head coaches. Well, but I'm saying the Steelers have had three head coaches in 50 years. It's insane. I'll give you another situation worth monitoring. What about Buffalo? How does the Bills season play out? That's good. I love this one. But I'm going offensive guy Now McDermott is a defensive guy, right? So would you go defense to defense or do they even go offense? I'm going offense there. But so I mean, he's an offense. You got Josh Allen. You yeah. know, get a good coordinator. I don't think he's, he's an, broken. He doesn't yeah. need to be molded. He just needs. He just needs some support. Get him a running game. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, their their run game actually is not bad now. But I'm just saying, I think I'm going a guy who's going to be totally aligned with Joshy Boy. That's my that's my thing there. Sure. Hey, yeah. Dukes. Um, speaking of the, the uh, fun world of. Reckless speculation. Are there any names emerging from TCO about defensive assistance? To, back to your point, who the Vikings like a lot, like uh, Mad Scientist Flores Protege. Are are we starting to see like if the if he leaves and if the hire comes from his potential staff? Are there any names that you've heard? Well, I mean, what's interesting is they've had a couple defensive assistants due to personal reasons away from the team for. Many, many weeks. I mean, Mike Smith, how long has Mike been before gone? The season start, before the regular season. That would have been the camp. guy. Yeah. Oh, really? And hey, oh, well, okay. to me, that would have been a guy. Maybe not the guy, but a guy. Maybe the guy more than any other internally to keep an eye on throughout this year if Flores indeed ends up with a head coaching job next year if they decided to go internal. But Mike, yeah, he's been gone. And hey, not my business, but, you know, clearly – you know, hopefully everything's okay right now in his personal life. But, yeah, Mike Smith would have been the name to me internally to watch. Now, hey, they like the DB coach Jones, right? But I don't know if he's quite ready to coordinate the defense. Would you make Mike Petton the defensive coordinator? No, no, he has a different system. No. So that's <laughs> no, no way. Then if, <laughs> if you go outside. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff. I'm walking in the bowels of U.S. Bank Stadium Late Monday, press box walking special access. over to the Vikings. No, I didn't have any special access on, you a, on Monday. You a TV press Sometimes. Uh-huh. Ah, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And so I'm walking uh-huh. in the bowels of U.S. Bank Stadium, and, you know, game ends. I pass Ryan Grigson in the hallway. It, honest to God, it looked like he got hit by a train, right? Like, or a family member or something. Like, I've never seen that look on somebody's face. I mean, I get it. Like, it's your livelihood. It stinks that you lost. On a last-second field goal, hey, 10-9, you're thinking you're going to win the game. But, man, alive, like, he looked so beat up. But just a reminder that Ryan Grigson, like, I don't know if many fans grasp this, but Ryan Grigson, the former coach general manager, has his fingerprints all over this Vikings roster. He literally is Quasi Adolfo Mensa's right-hand man. And you can make a case that in so many ways he ruined Andrew Luck. Like, should that guy have all the say that he does? Yeah, it's uh, boy, it'd be, it'd be nice to know. I if, get that's if he, a he learned sideways, but you know, 
response to, to your question about, hey, coaching-wise, is there anybody you'd elevate? But just a reminder that in the front office, that, hey, if anything ever happened, you know, Ryan Grigson would probably be the, the next man up. Yeah. Hey, before we get to some rapid-fire scoops here, mm-hmm. Zero Res is here to help you clean your dirty house. You got It's holiday season. You got animals tracking in paw prints. You got Judd tracking in spills of Surly. Okay, you got... You just let's let's get it in order here before we invite the family and the friends over for dinners this holiday season. I personally love a clean house. There's no better way to deep clean your house than with zero res. Don't DIY it. That can be intimidating. Go to zero res MN zero res Minnesota dot com or call nine five two zero res and ask for the Phil Mackey and score North special three rooms zero resified starting at just one hundred twenty nine dollars. And this month gets seventy five dollars off. When you get your air ducts cleaned, uh, 4.9 rating out of five on Google with over 17,000 reviews, nine, five, two, zero res or zero res, Minnesota.com spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same zero res. All right, Dukes, give us, uh, some remaining scoops here in your scoop bag. Sure. So from the Gopher football team, Tyler Newbin, Brevin span Ford, they are in for mobile, the senior bowl. I will find out more later today or tomorrow. I wish I had it in this moment, but more on why Ethan Kaliak Manis is in the transfer portal. My understanding is he was open-minded to the Gophers bringing in a quarterback, whether it's the guy they offered from New Hampshire or any number of other quarterbacks that are in the portal. So there's more to that story. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, from Ethan's standpoint, three offensive coordinators in three years, his receivers let him down so often. This year, drop after drop after drop. So I get it, you know, from the frustration factor point of view, but you know, my understanding is he was, he was open-minded to at least welcoming some level of competition. Didn't need to be promised the starting job next year, but I do want to find out more on that story. Anthony Edwards was catching up with Bill Duffy, the former gopher big time agent. He was actually in town on Tuesday, more so for Chet Holmgren. So he represents Chet. You know, there were hundreds of people at target center on Tuesday to support the Minneapolis kid, the former Minnehaha Academy star. So Bill Duffy was in town, but he bailed, but he was there. Anthony Edwards is also one of his guys. Bill told me, hey, you know, not too bad when I asked yesterday about how his hip is doing, but he didn't necessarily know what that meant in terms of playing status. He's listed as doubtful for tonight. We won't find out until later tonight. We do know Anthony Edwards has missed only 13 games in four years. Half of those games were when he was on the COVID list. So, like, he plays through a lot. Heck, he almost missed the Memphis game the other night. So, I mean, he wants to play, but you look at the schedule. Utah tonight, Charlotte on Saturday. Looks like Ball will be out. He's out with an injury. Then look at the schedule. Heck, the Wolves benefited by not being in the quarterfinals of the (laughs) in-season tournament. Getting Memphis, then San Antonio, or I guess it's the other way around. San Antonio Wednesday, then Memphis on Friday. I mean, think about it. Those two games will go a long way in determining the playoff seating in April. Yeah. Well, think about it. Instead of playing like the Lakers or the Suns or the Kings or the Pelicans, you get to play against the two worst teams in the Western Conference. This is a great thing for the Wolves when thinking about are they the one, the two, the three seed, certainly a top four seed come April, home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Also, I'll add, twins-wise, winter meetings begin Sunday. Where is it? Nashville? This Mm -hmm. year doesn't matter the location, but I think it's 
Nashville. They continue to hold all sorts of trade talks. I still think at some point one of these trade talks comes to fruition. They lose Emilio Pagan to free agency to the Cincinnati Reds. Two years, $16 million, The second year, a player option at $8 million. Heck of a deal for Emilio. Would you believe this? There literally wasn't one conversation, Twins and Emilio. Not even a, hey, keep in touch with us. Not yeah. one, which, hey, a little bit bizarre. Like, he pitched well in 2023. You would think the Twins might just say, hey, circle back to us. We can make a final call. You know, something like that. But literally nothing on Emilio. But there were, like, darn near double-digit teams that had interest. And that's why it worked out for him. Yeah. I mean, good for Emilio. Really good guy. I'm going to miss my conversations in the clubhouse with Emilio, but just know the twins were never involved whatsoever. It sounds like they weren't involved on Louis Severino one year, $13 million to the Mets. There may have been one external conversation or correspondence text message where a seed was planted, but it never got far down the road. But I think Louis Severino would have been a nice fit in the twins rotation. My own personal opinion for 2024. And finally, I've got Dean Evison coming into studio later today. So I'm curious, Declan, Judd, any questions I need to hit Dean on? Why do you think you lost the locker room? I yeah. mean, that's that's what it comes down he to. He might argue that mm-hmm. he didn't lose the locker room. That's what I, Which I'm that's sure he I will, yeah. That's yeah. what I would like to hear from him. But if he thinks he didn't lose, like, the, the thing that people don't get about this is it's parallel uh, conversations. I'm willing to admit or accept that the Wild's not a great team. But they were nowhere near as bad as they had been playing for him for quite a while, and that's that's where you had to make a change. And I and he has said I, I saw in, in the comments he made publicly yesterday that he does not agree that he couldn't have turned this thing around. But he had a lot of guys who worked very hard for him for a long time who were not pulling their weight. And I'm curious. I mean, it's part of the sport. I get that, but I mean, I think that's that's what got him ultimately fired was he couldn't get anything more they you know had two players only meetings he had conversations with his leadership group bill garen came down and yelled at him right before they went to sweden nothing worked that's that would be my question Declan, uh, i would ask if he's eager to return to coaching if he's eager to get in their job I, I saw the initial reports of you know he wants to travel i think it's that his wife's um flight attendant yeah, for air is. canada so yeah. he wants yeah, to based up in canada do a little yeah. traveling and stuff and you know i like that he doesn't hide i like that he's literally mm-hmm. still in saint paul walks to the arena walks to his diner walks to all this stuff yeah, he's not walking to the arena anymore did it yeah true too but did did a two-hour <laughs> yoga session the day after being fired i'm pretty sure i got like belligerently blackout drunk the night i got fired once so well, maybe I mean, did good, both. For, good for dean evison that's also true he may just did the yoga and just sweated it all out or something wouldn't be surprised me at all either. But yeah, I would ask, ask he's eager to get coaching. Yeah, I'll ask him both coaching. those. Judd, I just wonder, one rebuttal, and this coming from novice hockey guy, but Jared Spurgeon was hurt. Matt Boldy hurt. We know Kirill Kaprizov isn't 100%. Those goalies, I mean, how many saves would they, you know, other goalies have made on pucks that reached the back of the net? Like, is that all on Dean? And is a 13-game or 16-game sample size or this most recent seven-game losing streak, is that enough of a sample size to say to this coach who guided them, even if last year was fool's gold, you know, capturing all those extra points right. over time or shootout, but, you know, back-to-back 100-point seasons, two of the best seasons in franchise history, 
regular season. Was this seven-game sample size or 16-game, if you want to say, hey, three wins over 16 games? Right. Was that enough of a sample size to pull the cord? He had way too many passengers, and they and they tried and tried and tried to end that, and they couldn't. And these guys, as I have tweeted continually, these guys aren't talented enough to play like they're talented. And when they think they are talented, they're going to lose. And it's the it's somebody's job to alert them. And he tried. That's what I'm saying is he got tuned out. Like he was trying. He knew what was wrong. He, he I didn't think that's get fair, dumb. Yeah, I will absolutely ask. I'll ask both those questions. So yeah, he's coming Ottawa, to the studio later today. Columbus, perhaps? Might be oh, I think he'll coach again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just is your first Ottawa you know, guest there, Declan? He is going to coach again. I don't know how soon, yeah. but like somebody is going to hire him. It's the nature of that league, maybe more so than any other professional league, right? Like once you've been a head coach, you're in all likelihood going to get another opportunity. So I would school, imagine he gets might another open job. Up. Kurt Giles might decide to step away. You never know. Jobs <laughs> never know. open up all the time. Yeah, very competitive here in the state high school hockey. All right, boys. Always love Reckless Speculation Thursday. All right, oh, hey, Dukes. how about how about Mark Cuban? Yeah, I mean, maybe we need more information, but what a sweetheart deal to cash in the way he's cashing in, yet still retaining basketball control. So he won't be majority owner, but he'll have basketball control. Just another reminder. Trust me, Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, more so Laurie, with all his connections, they will find. The necessary investors. You can have up to twenty-five yeah. limited partners. I don't know the exact number Lori and Rodriguez will end up having, but it'll be a decent amount. Maybe not quite twenty-five, but it'll be a good number. But they will eventually get to the finish line. It might be more so the summer, not now in season. But like Lori and Rodriguez getting in at one five when the Mavericks just sell for what was it, three two or three three billion, three four billion, whatever it is, somewhere in that ballpark. Just another reminder of how good a deal. Lori and Rodriguez have, they are not going to screw it up. Yeah. Amen. Great but stuff, it's been dude. wonky. Like and anybody who challenges me on that, you know, I'll offer, you know, some blowback because it hasn't been a very smooth process. It's been wonky, but it'll get to the finish line. I'm pretty sure on that. Cool. All right, boys. Take it easy. See ya. Darren Doogie Wilson from the five eyewitness news sports department for a great little scoop and reckless speculation episode of Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. See you guys.